Welcome to the Real Jeff Mann Podcast, episode number five. I'm your host, Jeff Mann. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, For those of you who are new to the show, this podcast is about books. I know what you're saying. Uh, It's 2019. It's almost 2020. Who reads books? It's, It's dead. No one's into it. Well, that's not true. I'm into it. And if you're checking out this podcast, I hope that you are into books as well. Uh, The whole idea behind the podcast, I will pick a different book for each episode that I want to share with you, a book that has inspired me, a book that has motivated me, a book that has uh, moved me in some way and that I think is worth sharing with the world. I'll read segments from the book that I think are particularly good, uh, have a lot to say, and I will talk about them and share them with you. Hopefully, hearing about these books will inspire you to go out and check them out, and uh, hopefully you will get motivated, uh, inspired, and they will do you some good like they have done for me. So this is episode five. I'm going to do a slightly different format this time around. In my past podcasts, I have recorded separate sections of podcast for each section of the book that I like broke them up with music, and it takes forever to do that. So in the interest of time and efficiency in getting this podcast out more frequently, I am going to try and plow through all of the awesome parts from this book in one sitting. So please be forgiving if there's a mistake or two, because we are doing it live here on the Real Jeff Mann podcast beginning to end. The name of the book for this episode, it is The PMA Effect, How a Positive Mental Attitude Can Make You the Badass You Were Born to Be. It is by John Joseph. Um, John Joseph, uh, and I'll read from the back of the book because it's a great bio of John, uh, the lead singer for one of the most pivotal bands in punk hardcore, the legendary Cro-Mags. John has written three books competes in Ironman triathlons around the world. He remains clean and sober, as well as a staunch advocate for a plant-based diet and positive lifestyle. John's a sought-after motivational speaker, having lectured in prisons and tough inner-city schools as a way to pay forward the gifts he's received in life. He's inspired people around the world to live healthy, conscious, and productive lives. And, you know, if I can add to that, yeah, for sure. Uh, John, if you are listening to this podcast, first of all, holy shit, John Joseph is listening to my podcast. Uh, Second of all, John, you really have inspired a lot of people. I'm one of them. Um, John's books, John's music, John's videos, John's social media stuff across the board. Uh, He is just a, a big, big role model for me and a lot of people. And I hope that podcast listeners, you're going to get into him and check him out because I think he's got a lot to say. So the name of the book, The PMA Effect. PMA stands for Positive Mental Attitude. Um, The book is broken up into 83 chapters, small chapters though. 83 very small two, three, four page chapters, each one about a different topic And it's a really easy read and a really fun read. The way that John writes, um, 
is very simple to follow, but the concepts are not simple. Uh, there's a lot of great information here, and you can kind of pick and choose. You can read it beginning to end. You can check out the table of contents and jump to whatever seems to appeal to you. Very reader-friendly book. I plowed through it really, really quickly and really, really enjoyed it, and that's why we're going to talk about it today. So the first section that I want to talk about is called Get a Daily Practice. And like I said, some of these chapters are so short that I could read them all. I'm going to pick out uh, the best bits and pieces from the ones I like. So Get a Daily Practice. And here's John. Pay attention here because what you're about to read is one of the most important aspects of this book. Despite how much work I've done on myself or what I've been able to overcome and achieve, if I don't have a positive foundation in place through a daily meditation or spiritual practice, my mind can and will lead me to negative places in the material world. Sadhana is your coat of armor against bad vibes. And throughout the book, John throws in uh, some terms, uh, which I believe are Sanskrit from uh, his... Uh, I'm not sure I think it's uh, Buddhist or Hindu uh, tradition. So sadhana is that meditation spiritual practice. All right, back to the book. Uh, I learned this when I was living a monk's life. Every morning we were up at 2 a.m. No time for bullshit. Every minute of every day used properly aimed at growth. That's exactly why you need a daily practice, a regimen. Whether it's yoga, meditation, swim, workout, five minutes of mindfulness, use it to look inward and take inventory. Trust me on this, it will pay huge dividends. That's why when people look to me for help, the first thing I do is some troubleshooting. I ask, okay, what's your program? They use that term in lockup. I was asked that same question when I went to those maximum security prisons for scared straight in the 70s. The lifers group members asked me what I was doing each day to better myself while I was still locked up. Ask me, they screamed it in my face, but I had no answer. For us, it's a little different, but the essence is the same. What internal work are you doing each day to better yourself? If the answer is nothing, there's the root of your troubles. If I start working on a huge calculus problem, but start with 2 plus 2 equals 5, Everything else is going to be wrong. It doesn't matter how many hours it takes me. All my work is useless. So get with a program. If you don't have one, make one. There's no one-size-fits-all sadhana. What works for me won't necessarily work for you, but you'll find your path by seeking it and taking action. That's how you figure things out. And then later on in the chapter... That's it. That's all the good stuff from that one. So like John says, this is one of the most important aspects of his book. Um, humans are creatures of habit, right? And having a plan or a program makes creating positive changes in our lives so much easier. If, if I don't have an organized practice, I'm constantly reinventing the wheel every day, all the time. And it's really, really hard to make any kind of real progress or improvement that way. Having a solid plan tells you if you're on track to reach your goals. And this can apply really to any area of your life. Uh, like if you want to get in better shape, you can create a fitness plan. 
maybe something where you block out time for exercise every day or you write your menu for the week so you're eating on plan. Uh, you schedule time to go to the gym and work out or times that you're going to work with your trainer. So the plan is in place. It's so much harder to get off track when you've got a real plan. Uh, let's say you want to be a writer. Same thing. Block out time to write. Block out time to read books. Schedule time to go to the library, uh, research other books, get influenced by other writers. Make it a habit. Uh, the key is to have a plan and stick to the plan. Your mind is going to come up with all kinds of excuses for why you can't stick with your program, right? I'm tired. I'm busy. I don't want to do this today. Uh, my computer is out of batteries. Don't give in. If you stick to the plan, you're going to feel so good afterwards. It'll make it even easier to do your training or your writing or whatever the next time. It feels so, so good whenever I look at my schedule and go, oh boy, today is the day that I need to work on my podcast. And maybe I don't feel like working on my podcast today. Well, I grip my teeth, I get started, I do it, and it feels awesome. Uh, you, if, you, if you do this, you're going to stack up victories, you create momentum, and, but if you give in, you're going to be discouraged and it's even harder to get restarted for the next time that it comes up on your plan. So grit your teeth, get in there and do the work, I think is what John is talking about in this first section. All right, let's move on to the next part here. All one piece, guys. We're just moving beginning to end. No breaks. This is it. All right, this next chapter. All right, go figure. I love this one. It's called Be All In. Now, if you don't know, All In is the name of my book. I, I, I am an author, and my first book is called All In, How to Become an Overnight Rock and Roll Roadie Success in Just 20 Years. So when I saw this chapter, I knew that I was going to like it. And let me find the part that I wanted to share with you guys. All right, here we go. This is John talking. When people tell me shit's not going the way they want it in life, I always ask them how much of themselves they've invested in what they're trying to accomplish, regardless of what that may be. Building a career, bettering a relationship, getting fit, whatever. If it's not 100%, I tell them straight up they got no right to complain. I see this a lot with people who move to New York City from other places to live out their hopes and dreams. I can't even tell you the number who pack up and move home. The common denominator for most of them, they didn't fully commit. They got caught up in the nightlife, the partying, maybe a destructive relationship or two, or any one of the other distractions a place like New York City can offer. I compare those distractions to the jewels on the head of a serpent. At first, you're attracted by the razzle-dazzle, but as you get close, bam, death of desire. Maybe even actual death. I've seen it happen to those who got caught up in drugs and alcohol. That's why you have to be all in. You have to go after what you want. Remove the obstacles that hold you back from your dreams. Life is a high-stakes game. Winner take all. Now, this chapter really spoke to me 
Uh, like I said, I named my first book All In, and I believe in this concept 100%. Uh, I'm sure everybody's heard that old saying, if you find a job doing what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Uh, to me, if you're working towards something that you love, something that you're 100% committed to, something that you're passionate about, something that you're thinking about all the time anyway, well, that, you know, that's not really work, right? You're just chasing your dream. When I wanted to get into the music business, that was all I focused on. It was all I could think about. I was either playing music, listening to music, reading about music, talking about music. Uh, I was working at whatever music-related jobs I could get, like loading equipment as a stagehand, doing sound and lights at the local rock clubs, you know, playing gigs. It was only later, after I had gotten my dream job as a touring rock roadie, that I looked back at all the years of trying to get there, and I realized that really I had been busting my ass all those years trying to get to where I ended up. But it didn't seem like it. You know, there was nothing I would rather have been doing than working on that stuff. So I think that's what John says. Get in there. Go all in. You've got to work at what you want to achieve, outwork everybody, and you're going to get where you want to go. And it makes it so much easier if you're passionate about what you're doing. You know, it's, I think it would be hard to be all in about, and, and maybe you're into accounting and math, which is great. It would be hard for me to go all in to be the best accountant, you know, in the world. It's not my thing. If it's your thing, awesome. You know, find your passion and go all in on it. All right, moving on to the next section here. We're talking about the PMA effect by John Joseph. John Joseph, the singer from the Cro-Mags, an author, an all-around tremendously influential guy. This next chapter is called, What Do You Mean Happiness is a Choice? And here's John. Exactly that. Happiness isn't a birthright. Happiness grows over the years through our life experiences, daily practices, and our trials, tribulations, and the realizations that come from all of that. It's the one thing we search for, but unfortunately, it eludes most of us. It can't be bought or gotten by collecting more shit. You can't get it from a magic pill, a potion, a book, a cult, or a diet. Finding happiness requires a ton of friggin' work. And this is kind of a long chapter, so I'm going to skip ahead here to some other stuff that I liked. Always look for the positive, and that especially goes for relationships. I've had to cut so many people loose over the years. I just don't have time to waste on the bullshit drama they've created for themselves, especially when I've tried to help them and they refuse to change. Some just have to be left behind for you to stay healthy. As my friend says, sometimes you have to unfollow people in real life. That's why these days I gravitate towards very positive, motivated people. That shit's contagious. It's the surefire way to get on the road to happiness. The opposite is also true. Negative people will drag you into their hellish world. I find the quickest way to happiness is to go out and try to make others happy. I also make taking action part of my daily positive mindset, my PMA. I make my bed 
clean my space, do my sit-ups and push-ups, make my juice. I identify the tasks on my corkboard and get to them. You see the process? Action, action, action. I give the mind no time for procrastination, no time to wallow in some negative headspace. I beat it into submission. That's my method. You should try that as well. Give thanks when you open your eyes each morning. Make your vows to accomplish whatever it is you'll accomplish that day, especially in terms of helping others, and take action. I guarantee you will become a happier person. All right, so I like this part of the book because it reminds me that the whole reason for all the hard work that we're doing is to ultimately be happier. I mean, whatever that means for you, if that's money, if it's health, if it's uh, a good family life, whatever, uh, that's the goal behind the grind. I get so wrapped up in the plan and the work and the schedule that I lose sight of why. What's the why behind it all? So I like the idea of intentionally working to get into a more positive headspace. And I really like where John talks about action, being important for keeping away procrastination and negativity, right? The old saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Well, it's accurate, right? Too much time spent dwelling on things makes room for negative stuff to work its way in. But if I keep working towards where I want to be, you know, I'm too busy kicking ass for any of that. So remembering that happiness is the whole idea behind this thing, where I'm going and remembering what my why is really helps me to stay on task even more than just having my plan in place. All right, back into the book. I hope you guys are liking this new format for the podcast. It seems a little weird for me. I like taking a break in between, but hopefully you're digging it. All right, this next chapter, never procrastinate, waste time, or give in to resistance. Here we go. Look at how much time can be wasted when you procrastinate. You can waste weeks, months, even years letting them slip by as you slip further from your goals. Time truly is our most valuable commodity. Ancient Indian politician and philosopher Chanakya Pandit once said, Time is so valuable that if you pay millions of gold coins, you cannot get back even a moment. That's exactly what procrastination does. It squanders your valuable time. You miss opportunities, then lament about what could have been. Procrastination can seep into any area of your life, from your career to your relationships to taking care of your health. The more you put things off, the more work they'll seem to be, the more pressure you'll feel. All that will mess with your self-esteem. Why doesn't anything happen for me? What's wrong with me? I see these types of self-sabotaging posts every day on social media. I monitor that for some of the people who come to me for advice before I step in and say something. Not from a bad place, but as constructive criticism. Then it's up to the people I'm talking to to listen and not waste time on nonsense, procrastinating while they could be doing something of real substance. Procrastination can and will destroy your self-confidence over time. Then, rather than PMA, 
you'll end up with something on the opposite end of the spectrum, a shitty attitude. And I think I have more in this chapter. Let me see. Yeah. You have to do things, especially when you don't want to. A deep resistance to a particular task usually indicates a deep need for it. Those tasks are usually related to self-improvement. As you try to change for the better, expect resistance. You'll find yourself saying, ah, you know what? I'll start that yoga next week. Don't. Start it today. And procrastination breeds negativity because it creates a sense of unrest as you avoid things, leaving the unconscious mind in a constant state of agitation. You should know that things you want to do but then avoid never quite make it off of your unconscious to-do list. You know what you have to do, so stop putting it off. The water might be cold, but once you're in, you'll get used to it. It'll actually feel good. No different with tackling tasks. The enemy mind will make even the littlest, easiest thing into some huge issue. So, I've got a confession to make. Uh, Procrastination is something that I struggle with big time. Uh, I can always find time or motivation to do the things that I'm comfortable doing, but it's the thing that's get me out of my comfort zone, like writing my next book, uh, working on this podcast. Uh, Those things seem to get put off more than I'd like them to. I really have to force myself to sit down uh, and, and do the work, right? The funny thing is, I know damn well that once I get started, I almost always end up getting a lot done. Uh, good things start happening. But it's that initial resistance that kills my efforts a lot of the time. Uh, that's why having a plan is really, really important, especially for me. Uh, if I set out my workout clothes the night before, I'm much more likely to do my morning workout. I come downstairs, there on the table are my workout clothes. I'm halfway there. It's so much easier just to put them on and get it done. Uh, If I block out time on my to-do list for writing or for podcast work or for training or for walking the dogs or for cleaning the house or repairing something around the house, anything like that, I will almost always at least get started on it. And once I get started, it starts to flow and take on a life of its own. Um, Overcoming uh, resistance, that's the thing. You know, overcoming that initial resistance, once I can do that, and I think this is the case with almost everybody. I mean, once you get started, there you go. Um, and, and my mind really does make even the littlest, easiest task or project into a big ordeal when really it's not. Thinking about it is way, way worse than just doing it. Uh, I guess what, that's where the saying, control your mind or your mind will control you comes from, right? If I can beat my mind into submission, get started on a project, it almost always works out so much better. It's the, the thinking about it. That doesn't doesn't help things. I'm going to move my microphone. I don't know if it's going to make a big sound. All right, there we go. All right, back into the book. Again, today's book, The PMA Effect, that is Positive Mental Attitude by John Joseph. John, if you're listening and you're still listening, awesome. Let me find my next chapter here. We're doing the podcast today all in one shot. 
mistakes and all. I hope you like it. It's certainly going a lot faster than my usual recording technique. All right, this chapter is called Don't Hang Around with Negative, Unproductive People. All right, here's from the book. They say you can tell someone's nature by the company he or she keeps. Well, write the fuck on to whoever came up with that one because I couldn't agree more. You want to be negative, complain, bitch, moan, get wasted, play the victim, and take things personally, quit everything you do, and never get anywhere in life? Then hang out with those who do that for a living. Don't get involved in that drama. Use all your time productively. Make shit happen in your life. Think about all the time that can be spent doing unproductive, time-wasting things that will get you nowhere. Then flip the script and use that same time for your projects. Minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, do the work. If you can do this, I guarantee things will happen for you. You'll become truly productive, someone who accomplishes what you've set out to do, Someone who understands fully that time is your most important commodity and that you can never buy back even a second of it for all the money in the world. When you approach every day with that mood, who has time to hang around negative people? There's a reason people get together in one group or another, join one slice of society over another. It's to help each other stay fired up, to inspire, to find strength in numbers. That's true even on a spiritual journey. In Sanskrit, that's called Sangha. It refers to association with those who choose to operate from a higher vibration, who are devoted to the spiritual path. That's my go-to crowd as of late, the ones who walk the walk and who operate from the most positive places and get their shit done under any and all circumstances. I need these types around me. I'm honored and privileged to be able to learn from them. I hope some of their good qualities will rub off on me and the others, the members of the Crumbum Society. I avoid them like the plague. You should too. I have found, now this is me, I have found this advice to be 100% true in my own experience. Uh, it's like the old motivational poster, right? I don't know if you're as old as I am. You may remember this. It, it, the poster says, it's hard to soar with eagles when you're surrounded by turkeys. Um, hanging around with negative people or people who aren't actively supporting you or your goals will definitely hold you back. Uh, it's hard to soak up all that negative energy and not have it affect you. Um, you know, I've experienced this myself, you know, at work, in the music business, you know, people... It, it's so hard to get motivated to put in that work. I mean, John talks earlier in the book about going all in. It is hard to go all in if you don't have support, if you are surrounded with negative energy, people who aren't into what they're doing. So try to find people who are into what they're doing and who are into what you're doing. Um, anytime I've been able to surround myself with people who I shared a positive link with, good things always happen. Uh, it's like being on a sports team, right? Everybody's pulling in the same direction. Um, everybody is reaching for the same goal. You know, in that environment, I always make tremendous progress on my projects, on my goals. 
In the other situation, I waste so much time trying to overcome the negativity and the resistance that I barely get anything done. It's so much harder. So in my experience, I find that if I can actively eliminate that stuff by avoiding people like that, I do so much better. And and it can be hard. I get it. You know, I get it. These people who are holding you back might be friends, you know, long, long time friends. They might be family, might be your boss at work. Right. So it can be challenging to be able to, to trim those people out. But if you can do it, it's a huge help. It makes such a such a big, big difference. And yeah, that 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 section of this book really, really spoke to me. All right, let's get back into the book here. I got a few more sections to go. Like I said, there's 83 chapters in this book, and they're all short, but they all have a lot to say. It's really, really, really cool. The next chapter from the John Joseph book is Gratitude Equals Attitude. Let me ask you something. As you go about your daily routine of work, kids, training, school, whatever, do you take time to stop and give thanks for your life's gifts? The beautiful colors at sunrise or sunset, the smell of fragrant flowers, the smile of a stranger, kind words from a friend, all gifts. If you answered not lately or worse, never pay attention. The problem I have with our culture's obsession with social media, nonsense, gossip, TV talk shows, and those whack-ass reality shows is that they draw us even further from the internal and the important, leaving us wallowing in the shallow, the mundane. In that state, we lose sight of what really matters in our short time on earth, such as telling people we care about them, being kind, helping others, and always remembering the principle of gratitude. And then we skip ahead in the chapter. My life changed dramatically when I started to inject the principle of gratitude into my daily practice. When I saw everything as a gift and gave thanks for it, my whole attitude shifted. We plant seeds and then harvest the seeds we sow. I'm the farmer who every day plants seeds of positive mental attitude. When I was new to meditation, one of the first things I was taught was to slow down, breathe, relax, take inventory, think of all the good in my life, appreciate it, essentially stop taking people and things for granted and develop gratitude. I found when I felt gratitude first thing in the morning, I was able to walk around in a positive mood all day. I had that PMA. We have so much in America and the Western world, yet we continuously focus on what we don't have. Yet that just leads to hankering, overconsumption, and ultimately anxiety. Remember to have gratitude for every area of your life. Be thankful for friendships, a great meal, or the fact that you're healthy enough to run, bike, exercise, or work at anything at all. Practice an attitude of gratitude. Remain in the consciousness that nothing is owed to you. The entitled can never be happy. I've seen that one personally. People who rely on their past laurels as if because they had a hit record or movie 20 years ago, the world should kiss their ass. Don't fall into that trap. Be grateful for every day your eyes open and you're given more time on the planet. 
When you develop that type of gratitude, you won't waste time. Time will be valuable to you. Stick firmly to this principle. Develop an attitude of gratitude and watch how quickly positive things manifest in every aspect of your life. Now, uh, me, I am 100% guilty of failing to focus on gratitude. So this chapter really woke me up. Um, I get so wrapped up in the problems of my life, right? And coming up with solutions and problems that could be happening but haven't happened yet. And I lose sight of all the good things that are happening in my life right in front of me. Uh, I, I have to really make an effort to remember there's so many good things in my life that I totally take for granted. Um, taking a moment to be grateful, you know, for even the obvious things like being able to see or hear or walk, right? I mean, there's lots of people out there who can't do those things. Uh, focusing on gratitude helps me get beyond my own little complaints and look at the big picture. And, and then, I mean, I, I try to be grateful for what can seem like problems. Uh, there's this really great book that I would love to do a podcast about by a guy named Ryan Holiday. It's called The Obstacle is the Way. And uh, in the book, they talk about how something that appears to be an obstacle can actually be a springboard to great success. A failure can force us to pursue a new path we never might have considered otherwise, right? Like if you get fired from your job, maybe that's the opportunity to do that thing that you always wanted to do but didn't have time, right? Um, uh, or you might have a setback that you survive and persevere through, and now you're able to support others who are facing the same thing, like maybe uh, an illness or, you know, or something like that, or an injury, right? And if you're able to rehab from that, you can be a role model for people. So that's, you know, a way to turn that obstacle into something positive. Um, obstacles also, they can force us to be stronger, right? We have to struggle to overcome them. And ultimately, we come through on the other side better uh, in some way than we were before encountering the obstacle. So being, being grateful for the good things and even, you know, even the things that would be considered as bad or negative, um, you know, super important to, to and, and a great tool, you know, because bad things are always going to happen. But if you can look at those obstacles in your path as actually being the pathway, that would be, you know, a pretty powerful, powerful tool to have. All right, I've got a couple more sections from the book to go. I am not going to read all 83 of these mini chapters, although I have read some of the chapters in their entirety. Remember the book, The PMA Effect by John Joseph? Positive mental attitude. All right, the next chapter from the book is called Teamwork Works. There's strength in numbers, so surround yourself with people interested in what you're interested in. Schedule training and other events around a team. Then you're not alone and are therefore less likely to flake out. If I have to cycle on a cold day and there are people waiting for me at the bridge, there's no way in hell I'm not showing up. I can't let my friends down. Remember, a single stick can be snapped, so join a bunch. 
There's a reason the military pushes teamwork and unit integrity on recruits. It's not just about one soldier making it home from the battlefield. It's about the whole unit making it home. You fight for the person next to you. I've talked to guys who have years of combat experience. They've each said that when the real shit hit the fan and the bullets are flying, it wasn't their country's flag that motivated them to fight like hell. It was the guys next to them, those with whom they'd trained for years. These men had played with each other's kids, loved each other like brothers. The bonds they'd developed through teamwork made them willing to do whatever it took for all of them to make it home. That type of camaraderie brings out the best in people. I come from the New York punk hardcore scene, been in it since 1977 when I was just a kid. I never really had a family in the true sense of the word, so these people became my tribe. I've seen this community of people do many amazing things over the years, including helping people get sober, playing benefit shows to cover medical bills for someone with cancer, replacing stolen musical equipment, and spreading the worldwide movement of positive mental attitude, veganism, and positive change among the youth. Don't think you can go it alone in life. You can't. The pressures of the day-to-day bullshit will snap you like a twig. Develop friendships, work in teams. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. If you look for a group of individuals who've made it their business to overpower and overcome negative influences, you will succeed. The worst mistake you can make when times are hard is to isolate yourself. Don't do it. I, too, have been given this powerful instruction over the years, so I'm passing it on. All you have to do is get your ass on that PMA train, work in a team, and you'll slowly come out of whatever it is that's going on. So, this is me. Um, I've always been a believer, you know, in the idea that a group effort is stronger than an individual effort. One of the big things that I love doing is working in groups, working in teams. Um, It might have been team sports when I played hockey or football. Uh, performing in bands and musical groups. I worked on a touring road crew for rock bands, traveling all over, Um, working on production teams uh, for sporting events and other like big events. And I've seen firsthand that the sum is almost always greater than the parts. Uh, It's like that movie, The Avengers, right? Or any of the Avengers movies. Um, When Nick Fury gives that speech, Uh, He says the idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could could become something more, to see if they could work together when we needed them to, to fight the battles that we never could. So, you know, on your own, each Avenger is pretty badass, right? You've got Thor with the hammer, Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, right? They're all great, but together... They're able to do things that none of them uh, were able to do on their own. And that's the power of teams. That's the power of that group effort. And, I mean, this applies to regular, normal people, too. You do not have to be a superhero in the Avengers. Uh, bring, uh, bringing different skills, right? Different ideas, different viewpoints, different interests. All together as a group. Each person brings different things, and that makes the whole group stronger, and it adds to the power of the group. Um, 
you know, if I, I may not be particularly good at uh, logistics, but if someone in the group is, awesome. Maybe I'm better at technical stuff. Maybe I'm better at uh, executing plans instead of making them. Well, great. If we've got a person who can make the plan and a person who's good at executing, bang, the group effort works. Together, we are stronger and better than we would have been separately. So I got one more chapter of this book, one more time, The PMA Effect by John Joseph. And PMA, of course, Positive Mental Attitude. All right, the name of this chapter is Have a Beautiful Obsession. Obsession, by definition, means an idea or thought that continually preoccupies or intrudes upon a person's mind. Unfortunately, most people attach a negative connotation to the word. However, the reality is that being obsessed with one's endeavors, if those endeavors have value, is imperative to achieving your goals. For example, take the writing of this book. I've been at it for over two years. I'm consumed by it. I wake up and write. I have an experience during the day and jot down a note about it, so I remember to use it in the book. Every bit of spare time I have, I'm at the computer. I think about it all through dinner, when I'm watching a movie, right before my eyes close at night. It's what will I write tomorrow? How can I improve what I've already written? Did I give it my best effort today? If not, I'll do better tomorrow. If that's not obsession, I don't know what is. But it's a healthy obsession. What makes it healthy is my hope and my intent that this book will meet the goal I set for it to help someone. I mean, the writing process has helped me tremendously in my day-to-day -day living. All the positive feelings that came as a result of doing the work, digging deep and reflecting on some really bad stuff, it was an austerity. If you remember, we defined austerity earlier as doing something hard in order to achieve a desired outcome. So then he moves on and talks about later in the chapter about keeping healthy obsessions going. And here are the suggestions that work for him. Number one, write your obsessions on index cards so it's visible. Pin them to a corkboard so it's in your face, a constant reminder of what you need to do. I can visualize mine because I've written it down. My writing teacher says if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. So make it happen, Captain, and write it down. Number two, dramatically cut down on the time you spend watching TV and on social media sites. Trust me, you're not missing anything. Create some silent space around yourself. Live with your obsession undiluted. Number three, become selective about who's in your social circle. Time is your most valuable commodity. Don't waste it on bullshit hangouts that won't take you closer to your goal. You may have to weed out the bugs, as they say in the military. Cut out the negative people completely. Most will try to plant demons of doubt in your enemy mind. Only chill with the go-getters, the A-type personalities who will instill confidence in you. They know anything's possible if you're willing to apply yourself. Number four, plan out your days down to the hour. Get a calendar. I plan my days from the moment I wake up until bedtime. There are no days off. I'm not working my job. I'm working my obsession, my career. 
You have to leave room, obviously, for contingencies because things don't always go as planned, but know what's got to get done and create a roadmap to success. And then number five, finally, never worry about what others might think or say. You're weird, you're crazy, you're obsessed. Of course you're obsessed, but it's a good obsession. Do you know why most people use that word with its negative connotation or find it weird that you're focused, driven, and determined? Because most people are satisfied being mediocre. I really like this one. Um, The bullet points make a lot of sense to me. And again, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, uh, the chapter about being all in, you know, this kind of is kind of the how-to guide of how to be all in, right? How to follow that obsession, how to follow that dream. And, you know, John is really organized and that really appeals to me. And I, I love that too. I mean, that's something that I do a lot of. Um, write down your goals, write down what you want to get done. Cut down on the time you spend on TV and spending time with people that don't support you. You know, make a plan, work your plan and, you know, and don't worry about what people think about you. All great stuff, all important stuff when it comes to making your dream, making your obsession come true. That brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Today's book was, of course, The PMA Effect by John Joseph, How a Positive Mental Attitude Can Make You the Badass You Were Born to Be. Check this book out. Very inspirational. I think that you're really going to like it. John has a couple of other books as well. Um, Evolution of a Cro-Magnon, I think, is his first one. And Meat is for Pussies, which is his book about veganism. They're all good. But uh, The PMA Effect is our book for today. I hope you guys liked the podcast. Check out my website, therealjeffman.com. It has links to all of my social media stuff, news about all the things that I'm up to, uh, my new book that I'm working on. You can get more information about that. So check out therealjeffman.com. And you can email me at therealjeffman at gmail.com or reach out to me through social media. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Stay tuned. We will be back soon with another one. Oh, thank you.